Booth. And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there, the Midnighters with Whittier Boulevard. Today on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, an interview with Kid Congo playing tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater, Kit Congo, and Pink Monkey Birds, plus the Vicious Cycles MC, the Strange Things, and Ford Pierre Vengeance Trio. That's tomorrow night at the Rickshaw. And an interview with, coming up, Kid Congo. To prepare you for Kid Congo, we're going to have some more Midnighters from Los Angeles in the mid-60s, which Kid will tell us all about with I Found a Peanut. And following up that, we are going to have something by a guy called Frank Proctor, a.k.a. Bob Stammerfield and Pierre Crudo. Crudo with Margaret, a song from 1977 all about Pierre's wife, Margaret Trudeau, the mother of 
Justin Trudeau. Yes, the political songs continue. But first, here are the Midnighters with I Found a Peanut and then some Frank Pochter with Margaret on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. The bar in the capital, across from the Rideau, on a bar stool she took off her ring. I thought I'd get closer, so I walked on over. I sat down and asked her her name. When the drinks finally hit her, she said, I'm no quitter, but I finally quit living on dreams. I'm hungry for laughter, and here ever after, I'm after whatever photography brings. In the mirror I saw him, and I closely watched him, rose petals, a droopy disgrace. He came to the woman and sat down beside her, he had a strange look on his face. 
He was carrying pampers, some arrowroot cookies. Dishpan hands were swollen and red. But he started shaking, and she started quaking. He turned to the woman and said, You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Three hungry children, and I'm losing Quebec. Sure, I've got a horner, but I can't hug a horner. And what do you mean, wanna bet? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. After he left us, I ordered more Pepsi. I thought how she'd made him look small. From the lights of the Rito, he climbed in his limo and sat without talking at all. She was a beauty, a real camera cutie. She wanted to snap one of me. An eight by 10 glossy, but I know she's too bossy. Besides, she's framed for Pierre, can't you see? He picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Three hungry children and I'm losing Quebec. Sure, I've got a horner, but I can't hug a horner. And what do you mean, wanna bet? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Three hungry children, and I'm losing Quebec. Sure, I've got a horner, but I can't hug a horner. And what do you mean, wanna bet? You picked a fine time to leave me, Margaret. Uh, oh, Maggie, uh, you take uh, group rates, uh, photos, you know, for an album? Uh, I'd like to get some of the kids and family myself. Uh, yeah. I'd vote for you. Uh, yeah. uh. Oh, sure. Sign me up, Margaret. men have prepared for and in many cases had to face the ultimate challenge that is why we in the armed forces have become experts in fitness and we don't have any choice we have to be during my career in the United States Marines 
I've had the opportunity to visit numerous countries. And I've noticed that many people in those countries share a myth. A myth that Americans are weak, that Americans are lazy, that Americans are out of shape. Well, starting right now, I mean right now, we're going to do something about that myth. We're going to take it, we're going to put it in the palm of our hands, we're going to crush it, we're going to annihilate it, and we're going to kill it. Now this all forces workout is designed for men and women, boys and girls. Now you don't need no leg warmers, fancy running suits, and you don't even need headbands to do the armed forces workout. I'll tell you what you need. What you need is discipline. What you need is desire. Now, are you ready? Yes, sir! Are you motivated? Yes, sir! Well, all right, then. Let's whip it on. And the way we're going to whip it on is with a group of exercises affectionately known as the Daily Seven. They are number one, side straddle hops. Number two, trunk benders. Number three, toe touchers. Number four, bend and reach. Number five, trunk twisters. Number six, bend and thrust. And number seven, push-ups. Now we've talked about it. Are you ready? Yes, sir! All right, then. Let's whip it on. Yeah. We're going to start first with side straddle hops. Feet together, arms straight down to the side. Start on my count. Are you ready? Yes, yes sir! Exercise. One, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, five. One, two, three, six. One, two, three, seven. One, two, and halt. Number two, trunk benders. Feet apart, hands on the hip. We're gonna go to the left side first. Ready? Exercise. One, two, three. One, left side, back, right side, front. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. Yeah, two, three, five. That's it. One, two, yeah, three, seven. Last one. One, two, three. Hold. That's good. Number three coming up. Toe touches. Feet apart. Arms straight out to the side. We're gonna carry the right hand and touch the left toe first. Ready? Exercise. One, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, five. One, two, three, six. One, two, three, seven. One, two, three, four. All right, that's good. Number four, bend and reach. Keep your feet right where they are. Put your hands on your hips. Bending over, I want you to touch the deck right in front of your feet. Ready? Exercise. One, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, five. One, two, three, six. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
I hope. And you just heard a little bit of Armed Forces Workout. And this is from a record where the instruction poster is included. That was Master Gunnery Sergeant Bill Dower from Armed Forces Workout. And we may hear a little bit more of Armed Forces workout later on on the Nardwar, the human Serviette radio show. And before that, Frank Proctor, a.k.a. Bob Stannerfield, and Pierre Crudeau with Margaret from 1977. And to begin, the Midnighters with I Found a Peanut, as also covered by Kid Congo, who is phoning in to Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, very shortly, and who is playing the Rickshaw Theatre tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Now, right now, while we wait for Kid Congo, we are going to play something from 1982 by... Count Floyd of SCTV. Count Floyd with a glorious story of Dwayne and Eddie from 1982. This is Count Floyd. While we wait for Kid Coco on Denardoir, the human serviette radio show. Count Floyd here, and I'm going to tell you a scary story, kids. Once upon a time, not too long ago, on a Halloween night, two love-struck teenagers named Debbie and Duane decided to go parking and watch the submarine races. Well, at least that's what Duane told Debbie. Parked in the car, steaming up the windows. And little did they know that lurking nearby in the bushes was a deformed maniac. He had one eye up on his forehead, the other eye was below his cheekbone. And I'll tell you, it was pretty tough for him to get fitted for glasses. They still talk about it down at Harry's Optical. Oh, that's pretty scary stuff so far, isn't it? Admit it. We don't want to let you. We're not. Story short, Debbie and Duane, who were in the midst of a dry run, suddenly felt a cold chill up their spines, and they decided to peel out on an impulse. Thinking they were safe, they pulled into a drive-in restaurant and ordered a couple of burgers. And the waitress said, well, that's all right for you, but what about that wall-eyed maniac in the back seat? Ooh. We don't want to let you. We're not that unkind. Listen to me. 
crazy and killed everyone there. The waitress and everyone that Debbie and the waitie was terrible. And you know, to this very day, if you look real hard up in the Allegheny Mountains, driving by in a subcompact car, is that ugly maniac with the eyes all over his face. And on the windshield of the car is a sticker that says, Have a nice day. Oh, have a nice day. Don't you get it? The irony of the whole thing. See, Dwayne put the sticker on and he didn't even have a very good day at all. That's a true story, I swear. All right, so it wasn't scary. Bolly, quick, pick up your axe and hit me with a solo. Now that we've whipped it on with side one of the Armed Forces workout, I think we're ready to move on to the advanced. First of all, take a deep breath. Do you feel it? All right. Now, this is not going to be easy. Let's start with the Daily 7 and find out who can really whip it on. You have done good, but we're not going to stop there. We're going to continue to whip it on. You've had some. Now you're going to get some more. Are you ready to whip it on? Yeah. Are you still with me? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to move it up to 13 repetitions of the Daily 7. And I want you to get mad at it. Ready? Exercise. Come on now. One, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. Don't stop. That's five. Come on, whip it on. Six. All right, you're looking good. That's seven of them. All right, that's eight. You got eight out the way already. Come on, that's nine. That's ten. Uh. One, two, three, eleven. One, two, three, twelve. One, two, and hold. Looking good. Looking good. Trunk vendors coming up here right now. Are you ready? All right. Exercise. Come on now. One, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. One, two, three, four. All right. Six. One, two, three. Seven. One, two, three. Eight. One, two. I love it. Nine. One, two, three. Ten. Come on. Eleven. You're looking good. Twelve. One, two, three. Hold. All right, toe touchers, whip it on, ready, exercise, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, two, one, two, three, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, five, one, two, three, yeah, one, two, three, good, one, two, three, one, two, three, nine, one, two, three, ten, one, two, three, eleven, one, two, three, twelve, one, two, and four, good, bend and reach coming up, whip it on, and a exercise, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, two, one, two, three, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, five, 
substitute. Get down there. All right. Ready. Exercise. Left. Sit on. Right. Sit on. are still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show and we have a caller on the line hello caller are you there oh, this caller is here this is kid kid congo powers yeah who are you <laughs> i'm me of course it- i i <laughs> i'm a, a musician who is in a band called kid congo in the pink monkey birds and you, you may well know some of the thing, other things I've done. I was in a band called the Gun Club, uh, Los Angeles band in the 80s, and I was in a band called The Cramps. And then I also played with an Australian singer named Nick Cave in a band called Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, amongst many other things. Uh, you are Brian Grigri. Yes. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. And, of course, you are playing tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theatre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I know. So let me in. uh, I was curious, Kid Congo, have you ever met Kid Creole? You know, I never, ever have. Because you are... And our our similarities are merely... uh, serendipitously, coincidentally, kismet. (laughs) Uh, What are the other kids that are out there? There's Kid Congo Powers, Kid Creole, you know, Kid Rock. What other kids have you been... There's a Kid kid Cootie. Yes. Yes, there's a Kid Cootie, and there's a Kid Koala, and there's a Kid 606, who is an electronic uh, person. And Those the, are the kids I know of. Come to mind, and there's of course uh, Kid Creole. Have you been confused with any of them? Have you been confused, Kid Congo Powers? Uh, mostly with uh, with Kid Kid uh, Kid Creole <laughs> and, and uh, with Dar- uh, August Darnell. <laughs> Who else is in? That's the mustache and Pachuco clothes. Who else is in the Pink Monkey Birds playing tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater? Well, we have uh, uh, Kiki El Coyote Solis playing the bass and baritone guitar, and Ron Miller on drums, and Mark Cisneros on the red moss right guitar. The last time I talked to you, believe it or not, was when you were in the Knoxville Girls, and I went. I th- oh yeah. I-, I think I talked to you. Well, I went to the old spaghetti factory. Do you remember that time with the Knoxville Girls coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? 
I remember coming to play. I don't remember the old spaghetti factory, although I have been in many old spaghetti factories in my day in Hollywood and other places. How many times have you played Vancouver, B.C. in all the different carnations that you have? In, kept... in, the, last 30, in the last 30 years? Yes. <laughs> oh, maybe once every two years, <laughs> once every three years. Is there every city? Is there any city that you haven't played, like that you you know thirty years worth of going and playing gigs in every city around North America, oh, and around the world? Like, is there anywhere in North America that you haven't played? I don't think we've played in Effingham, Illinois, or in. I've never played in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And that is high on the wish list. Yes, I think mostly truth or consequences, yes. You are playing the 25th anniversary of In the Red Records with Boss Hogg. With Boss Hogg. Yes, I love Boss Hogg. John Spencer, Christina Martinez, and Hollis, Hollis uh, Queens, and uh, Jens, and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, oh God, I'm forgetting Mickey Finn. How could I forget Mickey Finn? Have you played with them before? What is the reunited Boss Hog like? Okay. Well, I'm just a guest. I was just a guest with them uh, one time recently. And we played some of their classics, Sex Beat and uh, a Cramps tune under the wires. John Spencer. My, 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 my collaboration with them has been, has been mostly friendship. John Spencer loves the cramps, doesn't he? Like, he loves the cramps. Oh, I think that is quite apparent. <laughs> when you were just in Vancouver and were speaking to Kid Congo, who is playing tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater, when you were just in Vancouver, was the last time with the Rosillos? Yes, yes, we played at the, very, the Rickshaw. Yeah, and we were touring with the Rosillos, or oh, friends of mine who I met through actually Lux and Ivy of the Cramps, who were friendly with them and told me all great tales of their space age cars and furniture they had at their houses in uh, in, in Scotland. And you guys did a whole tour with the Rosillos, like all up and down the West Coast. The West Coast tour, yeah, yeah, it was great fun. I mean, I, we met up. They came to see us in uh, the Pink Monkey. They came to see the Pink Monkey Birds in Edinburgh, and we made a plan that we would play together because it was a fun dance night for everyone. What do you remember about the Rosillo's gig in Vancouver? Like, how did people react to the Pink Monkey Birds versus the Rosillo's on that particular tour? Oh. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a versus sort of person, but um, uh, because they they were you know our friends, but uh, but but yeah, we had a great reaction. It was great. People 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 wigged out. You know, they, uh, they, they twisted that. We twisted their wigs. 
and you were returning triumphantly to the Rickshaw Theater as headliners, Kid Congo yes. and the Pink Monkey Birds, the Vicious Cycles MC, the Strange Things, and the Ford ah. Vengeance Trio, for Pierre Vengeance Trio, tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater. But I want to go back, way, way back. Thank you, okay. the Lansky Brothers. Thank you, the Lansky Brothers. Uh, thank, I want to thank the Lansky brothers <laughs> for, um, for, for, I found a, a gold blazer, a gold 50s blazer with the Lansky brothers label in it. And um, my friends, uh, Christian Hoffman, who was in the Mumps and also uh, wrote a lot of songs for Klaus Nomi, he introduced me, him and his boyfriend Bradley introduced who Bradley Field, who was in Teenage Jesus and the Jerks, when I went to New York, he introduced me to the Cramps and said, oh, you need to meet this guy. And, he, and they, they said, like, oh, yeah, this kid is great, but what about that jacket? And, and then I, they, said, let, they said, let me see what that label is. And, and I opened it up, and they went, Lansky Brothers, that's where Elvis would shop. And so, you know, they were, they, you know, they immediately be friended me, uh, not because of any other reason than that. And when they moved to Los Angeles, uh, Christian and Bradley said, remember that kid with the Lansky Brothers uh, jacket? Well, you should be get him as your uh, you know, new guitar player. And, and, and they um, and Lux and Ivy said, Lansky Brothers, gold jacket, we remember, he's in. And that was it. It changed history. The Lansky it Brothers. Sure did. <laughs> 69 bucks? 69 bucks. Oh, yes. That's when I took a bus. 69 bucks, uh, Greyhound, round trip. I don't know. Maybe it was round trip. So three days on the Greyhound bus. From, I went to New York from L.A. with uh, like five other punk L.A. punk rockers and we just thought we can't possibly be left out of this CBTV's Max's New York uh, scene that was going on, so we had to go. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we 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 worked. All all of us were working at the uh, King Tut exhibition at the L.A. County Museum to raise enough money to get our our <laughs> our, uh, our our bus tickets to New York. Greyhound. Did any punk bands play L.A.? Like, didn't the Damned play L.A. in, like, 76? Weren't any punk bands yeah, yeah. coming to L.A.? Yeah, well, they were there at that time also. Uh, yeah, actually, the Mumps with Christian Hoffman, that's how we met. They were one of the first people to come to L.A. and befriend everyone. And then, of course, you know, the Ramones, Patti Smith, uh, you know, L.A., L.A. It was, it was great. And it started to foster the germs and the weirdos and, and the bags and a whole bunch of other great things. Did you meet Brian Gregory in 77? What was he like? Beast, Brian Gregory. Brian Gregory was great. And one time, um, one time in New York, when I first met them in the Lansky brother days, uh, uh, me and some friends were, were tripping at, at CBGB's and, we all like broke off onto our old world, and and my friend, uh, my friend whose name was Pester, she was my high school friend, and she was visiting New York with us, and she uh, ended up uh, hanging out with Brian and Nick Knox, 
and she said that they had a cage in their basement apartment, and then they put her inside the cage, and and she said, and and she's no, no, they didn't put her in the cage. They put her in handcuffs, <laughs> just playing around, and and she said, look. I'm made of liquid, and she got out of the handcuffs in a very Houdini-esque sort of uh, mind-over-matter way. And uh, Brian thought it was hilarious, and then we were friends ever since. He always remembered me as the friend who did the Houdini trick. Did he ever realize that you replaced him in the cramps? Yes, he did, because this is a fact you like. When, well, after I had left the cramps and was back playing with Jeffrey Lee Pierce in the gun club, we played in Cleveland, Ohio, and, and also, um, and, and uh, Brian came to our show, this was like 1984, with Ike Knox, who was Nick Knox's, uh, my replacement. And then we all got on stage and played uh, Bo Diddley's A Gunslinger <laughs> with the gun club. So there, and I have I have some photographic evidence of this actually. Amazing, he, Brian Gregory yeah, coming I, to your gig, and also I was curious the Gun Club. Did you associate or attract any NRA members? You know the Gun Club. You are called the Gun Club. Yeah, not so much in the states, but when we would go to Germany, where there's a lot of armed forces, we'd always have all these. Um, these uh, army army guys coming to our shows, and they were saying, "Well, we just heard an American band called the Gong Club was playing, so we came to see you." <laughs> and <laughs> so they all and they always dug it, so that was good. This is kind of funny. A- they didn't they didn't bring their arms with them. Kid Congo, tomorrow night, Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds, the Vicious Cycles MC, the Strange Things, and the Fort Pierre Vengeance Trio, and listeners will be rewarded, will be rewarded with some tickets a bit later on on the Nardwar to Human Serviette show. But I was curious, just quickly, did you ever meet, well, I guess you have met Miriam Lina, Pete Best, and Sean Lennon. I've met Miriam. I'll, that's one out of three. One out, okay, so you've never met. Like she's kind of she, 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 she kind of encompasses all those things. Yeah, exactly. You've never. What's the closest you've been to Pete Best or Sean Lennon? Pete Best. Well, I don't know how close I've been to Pete Best. How long? How close have I been to Pete Best? <laughs> I'm old, but uh, yeah, and I've been in Liverpool. <laughs> But um, I, I can't, I can't, I can't make that uh, that uh, connection. But I, I can. Um, but Sean Lennon didn't he just work with that band, the Fat White Family? I, I know get, them. Yes, and you love the Fat Whites, right? Yeah, they're great. So that they're is great. your connection. I mean, when uh, when when yes, when they play trashy guitars and when the singer takes his shirt off and starts screaming, who can resist? When is the last time you saw Nick Knox, Kid Conco Powers? Oh, well, I have not seen Nick for a long, long time. Probably since uh, I went and visited the Cramps uh, one New Year's Eve in uh, in San Francisco. But um, I have heard from Nick Knox. He sent, uh, he sent a message with his uh, cousin, Ike Knox, uh, a few years ago. We played in Akron, Ohio. And I uh, invited Nick, 
and Nick said he couldn't come, and he's, he's a little mysterious because he didn't have an email or a, or, or, or I couldn't get a phone number. But I did talk to his cousin, Mike, Mike Medoff, and he came to the show and said that Nick sent a message saying, like, he was sorry he couldn't come, said to say hello and regards, and that he remembers our show at the Roxy is a really hot show which was actually a show where my hair caught on fire on stage. And Nick actually jumped over his, uh, his drum set and poured beer on my head. And put out the flames. Yes, yes, he saved my life. Do you remember playing Vancouver and being invited to Flintstone's Bedrock City? Were you in the cramps then? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go. <laughs> okay, well that answers it right there. Can I get a can I can I get a reinvitation? Unfortunately, it is closed. There was Flintstone's uh, Bedrock City. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Did the craps always end with Surfing Bird? Yeah, I don't think there was a night it didn't happen. You must know that song pretty well now. Have you played it since? Yes. <laughs> Have you played it since? I have not played it since, no. Have the crabs? I think, uh, I think the ultimate version ends with the crabs. Did the crabs ever meet their idols? Did you ever meet your idols? Did you ever meet the Trashmen who originally did Surfing Bird? Did those people come out to the gigs at all? Um, some, sometimes. I actually never. I met the Trashmen later after I was in the crabs when I went to see them at one of the Cave Stomp uh, New York uh, concerts. But... Uh, 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 we did meet Screaming Lord Such in London because we played with Screaming Lord Such, and that was a real exciting uh, thing to happen. The cramps and Screaming Lord—that is, yes. that is amazing. That is like the cramps and Dead Kennedys, right? Exactly. <laughs> and we're speaking here to Kit Congo Powers, who is playing tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater and in Vancouver. What was your Ramones fanzine called? What was it called? It was called the Unofficial Ramones Fan Club. And funny you should mention that I've just recently unearthed a bunch of the original flyers and uh, mailing lists and, and different things written in teenage scrawl. Speaking of mailing list, any of the subscribers form bands? Uh, yes, actually. Paula Pierce of the Pandoras, dearly departed now, but very, uh, yeah, I remember her as a teenage, as a teenage rebel. And uh, yeah, she became a rock and roll queen. It was great. Did the Cramps like the Ramones? I think the Cramps loved the Ramones. Uh, did you also do a Sparks fanzine? No, but I was an official member with a badge and a badge number. I think I was 998, and I got their, their fanzines, which are very inspirational to my Ramones fanzines. Where did you work back then? Like, Is that where you ran into Rick James? Yes, when I worked, I worked at Peaches Records, this chain, Peaches Records, on Hollywood Boulevard in the late 70s, which was a, a hotbed of like roller skating, drag queens, and uh, jazz bows and beatniks, and uh, street hustlers. And uh, 
and uh, and one day Rick James came in uh, when George Clinton had a, a record come out called Glory Halla Stupid, which had a um, a sort of a, a jackass uh, donkey on the cover of the record with a a was that was wearing an outfit that was somewhat similar to Rick James super freak outfit. And uh, I think he took offense at such a thing, and he came in with his big bodyguards and snapped his fingers and pointed at the pile of records, and the bodyguards um, brought them all to the desk and uh, uh, paid for them and then ceremoniously broke them while someone took photos and then uh, left. (laughs) Was that pretty traumatic for a young Kit Congo Powers? No, it was very, very joyful and inspirational. <laughs> I lo- it was a thrill. It was a thrill beyond all thrills. I, I love the name. Kit. And, and, and what, a, what a fine example. Kit Congo Powers. I love your name, but I also love the name Julian Grindsnatch. I know. It's hard, it was hard to live to, to uh, you know, replace someone named Julian Grindsnatch. Grindsnatch. Was that a Lux and Ivy creation, Julian Grindsnatch? I, would, I could only imagine that it would come from the mind of Lux Interior and Poison Ivy. <laughs> Did you, Kid Congo Powers, get to, go with junk, get to go to junk stores with the Crumps? Did they teach you much by going, you know, thrifting for junk stores? Oh, yeah. By all means. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was already a aficionado. They really showed me how to find records at a junk store and how to uh, buy by just looking at that and, and assessing the titles of the records, whether or not they were worth a gamble. So you guys did pull over. What are the tips for finding your records? What are the cramps tips for finding a record at a thrift <laughs> store? And have you hand that down to the Pink Monkeys? Oh yes, by all means. I think it is. Uh, it is always usually if it says "do the" and then has a word, it's it's, a, it's very often uh, something you want to get. And also because it's usually a dance record, or, or you know, of course, if it's something on a label you've never seen before and it looks old and and, and has a colorful font and label and, you know, speaks to you as, you know, if it speaks to you, it's worth a gamble. And also, if you get a chance to listen to it at the listening station, and you can assess easily that if the record, if you want to hear it, you think, well, this record incite a riot or a makeout session. And if you can answer that question, then it's worth it. And you are. Then Kit, there's your record. Uh, thank you for the tips, Kit Congo Powers. Uh, did you write any songs in the Cramps, Kit Congo Powers? Did Lux and Ivy let you write any songs? Because you have like amazing songs in the Pink Monkey Birds. Like, did you write <laughs> any songs? Not for the Cramps. No, that was a strictly Lux and Ivy uh, joint going on there, and. Uh, it was their world, their vision. I was happy to be included as a, a guest speaker, a guest, a guest uh, explorer in it for as long as I was. You know, it was quite a while. I lasted 
how about for recording tips? Like, for instance, she said, I think Lux used a styrofoam cup. Have you employed any cramps recording techniques in the Kid Congo and the Monkey Birds? Uh, oh, by all means, by all means. I mean, well, all of the Pink Monkey Birds records have been recorded in a gymnasium in Kansas that belongs to our drummer, Ron Miller. And we've, reco- and we've recorded all of the In the Red records there so you know we use different rooms in 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 the, in the school he lives in a high school so he has a gymna a, a living room that's a gymnasium and he has a kitchen that's a cafeteria and they have a, a band room where the school band played and we recorded in there we recorded in the gym where you can um assess all the reverb the amount of reverb you want to use by opening and closing the velvet curtains on the gymnasium stage so you know things like that how how rare is that to like own your own high school like that must be pretty Uh, rare that is pretty pretty rare yes and pretty incredible you have all all lost all lost sense of time and also you know just imagine what could have, what kind of teenage shenanigans went on there. Kid Congo. How many, how many, how many, how many girls in prom dress rode off on a back of a motorcycle and all kinds of things must have happened. I think in New York, like Miriam Lina, the first drummer, the second drummer of the Cramps, she, I uh, think, with Billy lives in some, or lived in some like schoolyard. There was convert some like school was converted to lofts. So I guess people have lived that, but to have your whole yeah. like building, that is amazing. No, it's her own building, and it's just uh, him and his girlfriend and their and their child. And uh, yeah, I'm like, you have bought a mansion that just doesn't look like a mansion. <laughs> you know, he has a, he has a baseball field and a you know and a, and, a, and a stage and a basketball court and. Uh, yeah. You are, and you are Kid Congo Powers playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Rickshaw Theater. You, Kid Congo, have had the chance to witness the greatest frontman Lux Interior ever. Mm. Now, Lux barely had pants. How many times did you <laughs> see his cock? Like, how many times? How many times? <laughs> Uh, nightly for three years, I think. And I think, yeah, like nine months of, out of the year on stage. <laughs> and when we were looking at his clothes, when we were looking, you know, we were looking, me, when I was looking at Eric, yes. the music war, which I think Julian Grindsnatch was involved with. Yes. The low-riding pants that Lux had were custom-made. Like, he found records in thrift shops, but everything else was custom-made? Well, I mean, the pants, yes, definitely. You know, I don't think you could go to any mall and find uh, low-riding pants that will fit you so uh, precariously and uh, form-fittingly. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, 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 were, they were made, tailor-made on purpose to look exactly the way they looked and function exactly the way they function. But you found cool clothes the hard way through a thrift store. Thank you, Lansky Brothers. Like, you found it the hard way. (laughs) Yeah, well, coming up with your own design is pretty hard, too. (laughs) And you are kid... Yes. 
Sorry, you are Kid Congo Powers, and you are speaking to me, Nardwar, the human serviette, and I partly based my name on the human fly. What can you tell the people about human fly? What can you, can you give any insight into human fly, the song? I know lots has, lots has been written, but still, human fly. Wow. So uh, certainly a metaphor for teenage angst. <laughs> And um, and for uh, a way to dance, and a way to uh, and a way to live. <laughs> we began the Nardwar the human and a way and, oh. a, and, a, and a way a way to buzz buzz buzz. We began, well, that sums up Nardwar, the human serviette. And we began my radio show with the Midnighters with. They're LSD-tinged, they're LSD-tinged Whittier Boulevard, and then we heard, I found a peanut. Yes. What can you say about the Midnighters and LSD? <laughs> yeah, the Midnighters and LSD, I love, you know, they did have their song, Love Special Delivery, which was no accident. Uh, and I have actually, I well, I'll tell you that I actually, I in, first I interviewed Jimmy Espinosa of the uh, of the Midnighters, and they made no secret of their love of LSD, Chicanos on LSD. And also, uh, I actually got to sing "I Found a Peanut" with them at the Ponderosa Stomp uh, Festival in New Orleans one year, maybe three or four after, right after the, the Dracula Boots, our Dracula Boots came out. And uh, they said that was the first time they ever played it live. So I got to sing with the Midnighters the first time they ever played. I found a peanut. So but, they, you know, they don't do it. They're need, they're, they're need, they're needle in a haystack. Oh, what is the difference between uh, the I'll, way? I'll, I'll, uh, what is like? How do they do it versus? I know you hate versus Kit Congo, but how do they do it versus <laughs> you do it? Like, how do you do? I found a peanut. Like, how did they play it? How did you sing it? Uh, I got to sing it any way I wanted to sing it. Uh, I got to lead the Midnighters <laughs> by my vocal, but. Um, they, they did it, well, they had horns, and, uh, you know, they're the original Chicano stompers, you know. What? Uh, and, you know, we, we do our best to interpret our way and our, uh, as the, uh, the, the, the children of the Midnighters. So. Oh, did they ever see you do Peanut? Did they ever see the, you know, the monkey birds do Peanut? Like you know, they, 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 have not come, they have not come out to see us. But they've heard the record and love it. What did they say about Peanut? Like, if they had performed it for the first time, it was kind of a throwaway? Or what was the, you know, did they say well, anything they, more they about thought, it? Yeah, I think that they, thought, they thought it was just a, a, a two, it was, it was a funny thing that they really liked, but they, I guess they thought it was uh, not going to help their career a whole lot <laughs> if they released it. And you we, know, which was exact, exactly the reason why I wanted to do it. And we began the show by playing Whittier Boulevard by the Midnighters, which oh, was yeah. a hit. That was a hit, right? That was a bona fide hit, yes. And well-deserved. And we are speaking to Kid Congo Powers, playing tomorrow night at 
the Rickshaw Theatre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and winding up here with Kid Congo Powers, the two H's, the two H's, Herbert Hunky and Howie Pyro. Oh yep. <laughs> yes, those are some those are some amazing H's. And um, and yes, I, we just saw Howie at our show in Los Angeles. With his uh, long flowing locks at the side of the stage. And um, actually a friend of ours was there and commented to us about she watched Howie more than she watched us. He was so captivating on stage watching us. Um, taking his iPhone photos and doing interpretive dance. And also, um, and Herbert Hunky, well, well, say no more. A, a wonderful thing and a very big inspiration off our first album, Philosophy and Underwear. I have a song called Johnny, and that's very, uh, very insp- inspired by, by, by Herbert Hunky's uh, Times Square, Times at the 40s, as a 40s hustler in Times Square. But uh, it was nicer to say Johnny than it was to say Herbert. Regarding the gun club, regard. Uh, sorry, I called him uh, Herbert Hunky, the two H's. But um, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> it's quite all right. Uh, I got uh, what you meant. Uh, <laughs> I completely understood. The two H's. I was curious though about the gun club. Jeffrey Lee Pierce and Snoop Doggy Dog. It has been said that towards the end of the gun club, or at least after the gun club, that Jeffrey was into hardcore rap, was friends with Snoop Doggy Dog. Did you hear this at all? Oh, yes. I heard this very much. I heard it from Jeffrey, actually. Uh, he was living with his uh, mother, at, uh, at, in, who lived in West Hollywood, right down the street from the uh, Sunset Strip and the Viper Room, which is a big, uh, you know, Muso celebrity hangout, um, and he would just go there. He was friends with the people who owned it and Johnny Depp, and he would just go and hang out there and drink for free, and um, and he became friends with Snoop Dogg, and he was he was very early on with the, with rap. We loved rap as soon as it came out. We loved NWA and Public Enemy. The the, the second we heard it, you know, L.A. stuff. So, um, so it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that is it. And it's funny because I saw Jeffrey Lee Pierce's sister Jackie, who is now in charge of his estate, and she handed me a chocolate bar which has a dog with Snoop Dogs. Um, with Snoop Dogg, I'm looking at it right now. I could send you a photo of it. Uh, has a Snoop Dogg hair and a big gold chain on. And it's a chocolate bar by uh, some company called uh, Chalk Stars. <laughs> Chalk Stars. So funny, you should, so funny you should bring it up because I just ate the Chalk Star Snoop Dogg chocolate bar given to me by Jeffrey Lee Pierce's sister. It must mean something. And again, people can catch these connections tomorrow night in Vancouver when Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds and the Vicious Cycles and the Strange Things and the Ford Pierre Vengeance Trio play the Rickshaw Theater, the Gun Club. David Lee Roth and Prince producing the Gun Club? What? <laughs> well, we had a dream to have Prince produce it, but then... We decided that we would rather have Vanity Six produce our album because we thought, well, 
they might not really produce the record, but we can get lots of pictures of them at the mixing board in lingerie painting their toenails. And then Prince would be the one who would, who would, who would do the production. So we tried to make it happen, but he didn't go for it. But wasn't Jeffrey but, Lee Pierce into David Lee Roth? Yes, and then the other, our other choice was David Lee Roth, and because he decided that even if, we, whatever it sounded like, it would be okay, because, you know, it would be us. And if it sounded like Van Halen, okay, that's all right, too. But we thought he would tell a lot of good jokes, and so that, that would be worth having him in the studio. Although, in the studio, you saw Nick, Stevie Nicks get cocaine up your ass? <laughs> Well, I didn't see such a thing, but I, I can imagine it was probably going on. Because what happened was a, a limousine would show up, and then like 40 people all in uh, Bengal bracelets and uh, Bengal bracelets and, and feathers and boots and long flowing uh, velvet robes would come out. And then they would all march to the men's and women's bathroom, and they would set up camp all night. And so you couldn't really get in there, but um, but yeah, we 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 know we know what was going on. The Gun Club were in Europe a lot of the time. You played the Hacienda. Should have you been in Twenty Four Hour Party People? Did you know a lot of the people in Twenty Four Hour Party People? The Hacienda. <laughs> um, I knew we all. Uh, well, we well, actually Peter Hook from New Order and and the Joy Division. He almost produced the Mother Gino album. He wanted to do it, but we, we decided to get Robin Guthrie from Cocteau Twins to do it. Uh, so we knew him. And also, uh, the only other Manchester friend we really had was uh, Mark Smith from The Fall, who, uh, when all our stuff, our, all of our suitcases got ripped off out of our, our tour van, and uh, Mark Smith said, I know all the criminals in Manchester, and I'm going to find your cases for you but of course we never found them so i think he only knew 99 percent of the criminals what did you lose there did you lose some lansky brothers like you know your personal stuff yes yes lansky brothers went went with went 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 off with a, a van load of things Kid Congo Powers, my friend saw you with the gun club, she thinks, in 82, but you were in the cramps at that time. In 84, I've seen some photos of you with the gun club. Were you in the gun club in 84? Because in 84 in Vancouver, there appears to be a girl, Annie, in the band, in the gun club. Yeah, so that might have been right before I uh, ended up. There was a gun club uh, that there was that, and the one with Annie, you know, and that was while I was still in the cramps, I think. And then uh, there was a version with D Pop, Patricia Morrison, and Jim Duckworth from the Panther Birds. Uh, and then they quit and I ended up going to Australia to, uh, to fill in for a concert uh, tour and ended up in the band till. You know, it's last days. Kit Congo Powers, what did you look like in the gun club? <laughs> well, it depends when. Uh, you know, there was a band in L.A. called The Dills. They said they used to call me Brian Haircut because I always had a different haircut. Um, 
and uh, in the in the in the in the gun club. Well, I was it was at that post cramps gun club. There's a lot of Aquanet extra super hold between me and Patricia. I think we asphyxiated many uh, backstage room, uh, and uh, yeah. And I remember I had a hat. I had a black cow, uh, felt cowboy hat with a crow on it. And that's all I remember. What will you look like tomorrow night at the Rickshaw yeah. Theater? Well, I will look like uh, a, a jailbird version of Papa John of the Mamas and the Papas. What about the loincloth? <laughs> the loincloth in the cramps. Like, didn't you wear a loincloth in the, cl- in the cramps? I don't know. Did I wear a loincloth in the cramps? <laughs> what do you remember wearing in the cramps? Like, I, I, remember, I remember wearing a turban. <laughs> a turban and some wraparound shades. And also, I remember wearing, uh, oh, God, so many things. I, I uh, you know. You know, uh, 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 alligator pants, uh, 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 a bone necklace, perhaps, an old suit bone necklace, uh, and uh, and again, much very, very, very and, and pounds of pancake makeup. Kit Congo Powers, how do you win over Nick Cave? For years, I have tried to interview him, but I understand uh, that to interview him, you have to submit a list of 10 books. He will look at that list of 10 books and then decide if you will get an interview. How did you get in? How did you win over Nick Cave if he, like, looks at a list of books and decides if you will get an interview or not? Like, how do you win him over? Oh, well, you know how know how we won him over, well, me and Jeffrey together. We, we did say, well, first we told him he had to read Malcolm Lowry under the volcano. Which was and, actually uh, written in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, do you know? I didn't know that. Just a little all. side. That's amazing. So, oh, so go ahead. Uh, Malcolm Lowry and their volcano. Yep, that wow, was. Wow, yes. That, that's a, an amazing fact. Well, I will add. I love Vancouver now. I will add that. I've always loved it, but I love it more. I, I will add that to the list. But you were saying you and Jeffrey, how did you win? Oh, like Malcolm Lowry and what else? And drugs, of course. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Ah, now and like-mindedness and the blues, I guess, <laughs> and John Lee Hooker. What have so Malcolm Lowry, John Lee Hooker, and uh, and uh, yeah, serves you right to suffer. What have sort of you been heckled, you know, over the years? Because like during the cramps, <laughs> like how have the heckles changed? There must have been heckles at the cramps, like Elvis lives, you know, Elvis, you know. Have you uh, how have you dealt with hecklers over the years? Um, well, I have a few. I have a few standard uh, good lines. But yes, uh, one of my favorite being, uh, you know, um, there's a, a really great quote by Tallulah Bankhead, where um, she had a heckler, or she saw an old lover. No, this is it. She ran into an old lover, and she said to him. I thought I told you to wait in the car. <laughs> that's always a good one. Ba-boom! Nah, that's always good to disarm anyone. And, and, uh, 
and <laughs> and it's hilarious. Uh, we are going to play a whole bunch of Pink Monkey Birds tracks, including Five Points. Is Five Points about a district of Atlanta, Georgia? Five Points? It's, it's, it's Five Points about a district of Atlanta, Georgia. I have to ask, the, because it came from my Texas friends. Oh, it's a place in El Paso, Texas. Because Kiki, uh, Solis, our bass player, and are, and the drummer have uh, both lived uh, in their early lives in El Paso, Texas, and, and, and they named the song. There also is a song, Chicano. Chicano Studies. Yes, and I think that is instrumental. Like, how many are instrumental, and what is that about? <laughs> well, that is about, that is, Chicano Studies is, is uh, that, that is about the way the song sounds, for one. It sounds like your, your high school uh, Chicano band and in East L.A. And then, or, or El Paso, Texas, for that matter. And, uh, and the, the lyrics are a soundtrack, actually a field recording I did from the Montgomery County Fair in Virginia of the, uh, the clown, uh, you know, Dunk the Clown. And all he does is he insults people nonstop in a really uh, creepy kind of a you know tweaker kind of uh, way. And he, he was a, a, a actually incredibly gifted uh, orator in, in insulting these people. And so I put on my recorder because I thought it was such a beautiful uh, piece of art he was creating. And so we play that in the background. We are going to play that from your brand new In the Red release. But just quickly here, are you on many bootlegs? Like, for instance, are you on this Cramps Totally Destroy Seattle? Do you have a copy of that one? Uh, you know, I don't own the copies of any of the bootlegs, except the ones that became official recordings. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think the Cramps and the Gun Club in the 80s were one of the most widely bootlegged of bands, you know, so uh, there's there's many many around, you know. So you, you don't. Know, I was a, a, it was it was one way very annoying, because uh, there would be substandard recordings, very much like the YouTube of today. Um, but also, you know, I was a big fan of bootlegs. So some of my favorite of uh, Jimi Hendrix bootlegs, uh, I, I used to love, and uh, one uh, uh, Patty Smith uh, bootleg of her at the Roxy is really incredible once you uh, play we're gonna have a real good time together it's so great Velvet underground song what about the in the heat of the night ep and the wolf manhattan project oh lord you're rigging digging deep um yeah yeah <laughs> well that was both yeah the in the heat of the night thing was uh, when i was living in london and friends with robin guthrie from cocktail twins on the heels of the uh the uh, Gun Club recording, and uh, we decided to make a solo record with some friends, which was Barry Adamson, who was in Magazine and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and uh, and a great solo artist, and then uh, Marcia Schofield, who was my friend in the fall, uh, and she was a, a fellow Yank American, and and we both were uh, a little bit at, at low ends in London. 
And then she got in the fall, and then I got into the uh, Bad Seeds, and then uh, the Gun Club started up, and then we were, you know, up up and running again. And so she plays on that and helped do that, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It was a fun thing. And also, one day I walked in to the control room while we were mixing, and Les McEwen, the singer from the Bay City Rollers, was there. I think you could appreciate that. Uh, Tartan, your, indeed. Plaid, yeah, with your, your, your tam shanter Exactly, and I think I could appreciate him because he is, like, totally broke. Aren't there, have they yeah. been, like, totally broke, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Wolf Manhattan yeah. Project is with the Gories, right? Is it with Mick from yeah, the Gories? Yeah, Mick Collins from the Gories and the Dirt Bombs, and Bob Burt, who was in uh, Pussy Galore and and uh, Chrome Cranks and Sonic Youth and uh, the Bad Moon Rising era. And, um, yeah, yeah, so we made, we made this uh, single that's out, and we've made a whole album that's very wig- big, uh, very wiggy, and hopefully that will be out. I don't know when that's coming out, but it'll be out. On In yeah. the Red, In the Red, and in Catch... The red, 20, Catch Kid Congo and the monkey, the pink monkey birds tomorrow night at the Rickshaw Theater. What was it like playing with the silver apples? You recently played with the silver apples, or you're going to play oh, with yeah, the silver with apples? Yeah, Mr. Simeon is the silver apples now, and he was incredible, you know. It's incredible. I, I mean, it's a, a, I'm, I'm the fan since the, you know, well, since the, I didn't discover them till the set late, later 70s, early 80s. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was a great psychedelic time. <laughs> Did you <laughs> ever get it? Like you could say he bleeped and blipped and blipped and bleeped. It was, was, and it was wonderful. Was he the usual singer for the band? Was he the... Because uh, one of the guys, unfortunately, died in a car yeah. crash. Yeah, I think Simeon was always the singer of the Silver Apples. Yes, yes. So he is, he's the singer. So he's, uh, he carries on and did all the, elect- he did, you know, most of the electronics. So, oh, wh- and was wh- the other one, the drummer, the one who passed away? Yeah, was the drummer. What's his name? Danny. Danny. And he, he, he unfortunately passed away. But Simeon carries on as a one man machine. You are the gun club. Did you get any fact when you were, you know, did you get any slack or did you get any flack being the gun club? Like, for instance, X, the band, XC now, is like really into guns. Like, she is really into guns right now. Did you get any flack from other bands being called the gun club or were you universally loved in Los Angeles? Universally outcasts in Los Angeles. But um, yeah, we were we did the Jimi Hendrix thing and we went to after we went to Europe and England, then we were loved in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. But I but uh, no, you know, I don't I don't think there was a very much of a political correct climate when the Gong Club was going, you know. And also uh uh, and, and also the reason for the gun club was to be offensive anyway. So if people were offended, then our, our point was made. Did we you, were a grand success. Did you ever talk to Jack White of the White Stripes about the gun club? Yes, I have. <laughs> talked to Jack. 
early on. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually some one some uh, one of the very first Pink Monkey Birds was playing with the White Stripes, and he was. They were very respectful. Him and Meg. Because a lot of people have said they took the spirit of the Gun Club and kind of repackaged it a bit. The White yeah, Stripes, well, like have well, you... many, 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 many have. And of course, you can see the real deal tomorrow night. Kid Congo <laughs> and the Pink Monkey Birds, the Vicious Cycles MC, the Strange Things, and the Ford Vengeance Trio tomorrow night. And for listeners that are listening live, phone in now, 802-604-822-CITR. That is 604-822-CITR. And win some free tickets to go see the Pink Monkey Birds. And we are going to end right now with a whole bunch of your tunes, including Magic Machine. What can you say about Magic Machine? It's a a stomping dance number. And it's a... uh, uh, about being right, tight, drunk, and it's a celebration of magic. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kid Congo, for phoning in to the Nardwar the Human Survey Radio Show. And again, six zero four. 822-2487-604-822-CITR for free tickets to go see the Pink Monkey Birds tomorrow night at the rickshaw. Um, anything else you'd like to say to the people out there at all? Well, come have fun and boil, boil yourself alive. <laughs> Why should people care about the Pink Monkey Birds, Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds? Uh, because because we, we, we are, are living your dreams. All right. With you. Not, not for you, but with you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kid Congo. And do do loot do. All right. Well, it's been an honor. Oh, well, That's actually, do do loot do. Okay, good night. Uh, almost. Do, 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 to you. Uh, oh, do, do, loot, do. Do, do. Yeah. Okay. See you later. Okay, I got it. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye bye.
powerful motivational speeches 